Riders to Speed. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to the BAMP Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lafferty, and here is our contractually obligated opening theme music. And uh, sorry, I know that's annoying, but that assures you, gentle <laughs> listener, that this is a high-quality, high-production-values podcast, lovingly handcrafted, artisanally made, bespoke. So you're not listening to some junkie podcast, no, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is quality stuff. And here, now that my silly patter is over, I've got two great game designers, uh, Tristan Zimmerman and Craig Campbell. Uh, Tristan has won a Judges Spotlight Award from the Ennies for Shanty Hunters. Congratulations, sir. And there we go, Shanty Hunters. And Mr. Craig Campbell has been nominated for, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Best Family Game and Best Rules for Good Strong Hands. That is correct. So... Congratulations to both of golf claps, golf claps all around. Congratulations Ooh. to both of you guys. This is a great honor. I'd just like to point out, I've talked to you both on this podcast before, so I think maybe it's the cachet you had from being on the BAF podcast that really puts you over that hump. That's it. That's so. that's what it was. And Craig, you won a BAMC a couple of years ago, so you know. I did. I won a BAMC a couple of years ago. This is actually, I, I never really talked about it a great deal, but this is nomination two and three for the Ennies. Um, I was nominated for best free product a few years ago for the um, the the PDF. Uh, it, well, it's it's uh, die laughing sliced up, which is basically the the quick start rules for die laughing. So it's like every the whole the, the game truncated down to like a little tiny pdf thing i didn't win <laughs> but i got nominated for that well it's it's, it's an honor to be nominated but uh even better to win but of course it's an honor to be nominated because you know uh there's there's a weird alchemy going on behind the scenes with awards who can say but um we it's should chaos. be curious. the the <laughs> way can. i look at it is um the nominations of course are done by a panel of five judges and judges are voted upon and they change every year but the nominations are done by five people who have ostensibly read everything that they're looking at whereas the the winning is just determined by popular contest right everybody goes online and you should vote you should vote particularly for craig's work and i got a couple other things i'd like to encourage people to vote for uh tonight <laughs> but it's it's ultimately it's a popularity contest whereas the nominations like that's somebody that, that is five somebody saying, look, we had to read a lot of garbage over the past year uh, that got sent our way uh, for self-nomination. And these these are the things that we think are best. So really, I do think that, that the nomination is 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 the, the honor and, and the winning is 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 terrific. Right. Not knocking it. It's great. But uh, the nomination is where it's at. Yeah, to, to, there, there's certainly something to be said about that. I mean, I went through and did a count at one point because I was curious. It was over 800 entries um, for the Ennies, and that's across all different types of books and games and, and supplements and adventures and accessories and whatnot, as well as podcasts and streaming, uh, you know, actual play streams and um, blog sites and all that sort of thing. And then there was, it was over 300 uh, game books that were, um, that were tagged as core books. So when you look at the the categories that um, typically are like best game, best production, um, best uh, sometimes you know th there are accessories and adventures that that get into things like best art and best cover and um, some of that stuff too. But the many of the game categories um, outside of the very specific ones like best monster or best accessory or best adventure um, tend to be heavy on core game books um and uh yeah over 300 of those this year so to to get two nominations um in a kind of 
strong core game book category, I was like blown away. I thought like I, I entered two games. I thought, you know, maybe I'll get nominated one time for one of them. Well, Craig, I've been following your work for a lot of years and you put out quality stuff, sir. So I'm not surprised that you get nominated. So congratulations again. And uh, let me just say to anyone out there listening to us on iTunes or wherever, uh, we, we rigged up a tiny URL, Ennies, just tinyurl.com slash Ennies2022. Uh, you can go and vote. And that's much easier to say over the air than the very long on Willie uh, Ennies voting <laughs> URL. But um, you should go. You should vote for Craig. Like we said, he is in Best Rules and Best Family Game. And um, I guess while we're talking about that, this is a good opportunity to mention Good Strong Hands is what you're nominated for. Yep. And because I'm a conscientious and prepared host, I moved up the tiny URL for Good Strong Hands, too, which is just tinyurl.com slash goodstronghands. And, uh, Craig, this is a beautiful book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Um, yeah, it, it's uh, my homage to, um, like, the fantasy movies of my youth, uh, which is to say, because I'm a 50-year-old man, it's the fantasy movies of the 80s. Um, so things like Never Ending Story, Labyrinth, Legend, Willow, uh, Dark Crystal, all of those. So there's there's um, a lot of fairy tale um, vibes. Um, I specifically designed everything, kind of uh, stripped out a lot of your really classic fantasy trope stuff. There's no elves, no dwarves, no gnomes, no halflings, no ogres, no drow. Um, there's dragons because you got to have dragons. Um, but then there's a lot of other kind of interesting stuff. Um, are, 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 are there pecs? Uh, no, nothing. There's no. Well, there's. I mean, okay. there's brown. There's brownies and red caps. Mm. Um, there, there's there's a number of different fairy folk type mm. uh, characters to play. Um, nothing. Not specifically uh, pecs, uh, which is, I believe, as I recall, the derogatory name <laughs> that they give that the humans call uh, Willow's people um, in uh, in the movie Willow. But uh, there was a time where I came very close to having like a gnome type character because there's a number of kind of gnome-ish types in uh, Legend and in Labyrinth. Um, but then ultimately I just decided, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get all of that stuff out of there because a lot of that has kind of baggage that comes with it. Um, and some of it is not good baggage. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought like, you know, there's, there's plenty of games out there where you can play a dwarf. You don't need another one. So. Yeah. Um, I figured, you know, it'd be much, much more interesting to play a paragon, which is like the perfect, um, uh, uh, like intelligent, sapient version of a given animal. Like you can play Aslan um, or Mr. Beaver, you know, um, and there's like there's a bunch of different fairy, uh, fairy, you know, fae types. There's uh, um, fawns and pixies and red caps and brownies and then, uh, you know, some stuff of my own concoction too which are a wild kin which are that came out of um sir didymus from labyrinth um the little fox guy with his steed with his trusty steed um and his sword um if you read the the wild kin entry like it's very clearly oh there's like a fox wild kin is one of the types that you can be and one of the talents that you can take is to have a trusty steed and one of the talents you can have is to have a little, little weapon that's made perfectly for you um so yeah, there's there's some very blatant homage kind of stuff in there, and then there's just like stuff that's like tangentially inspired by those movies. Can can oh. I throw a softball question at Craig? 
please. Oh. Uh, so, Craig, could you talk some about something that I think is super duper cool about Good Strong Hands, uh, which is the the design you put into um, nonviolent problem solving? <laughs> um, yeah, the game is presented in such a way that there's basically your character has four traits: um, body mind uh charm and heart and so there's nothing that's specifically called like attacking or combat or something like that there's specialties that you can do that are like you know, there's one specialty that's called like fighting um but the game is not uh really geared toward it's not built around the idea of solving problems inherently through through fighting your combat um you can do that but you could just as easily have characters that are specialized or very good in very disparate things where one character maybe, you know, has their their weapon and they can, you know, um, fight off the baddies. Um, but the other people are um, using mind checks to trick them and charm check or mind checks yeah, to trick them or charm checks to try to talk them down or taunt them. Um, and you can come like when you when you work to overcome a challenge, you just tally up successes on those. To, toward whatever the challenge rating is. Um, and uh, all those other checks count as equally as swinging a sword. Um, and then additionally in the game, um, when your character, there's, there's different reasons that your character can accrue what's called shadow. You've got a track for shadow and you, you check off boxes as you go. And if you fill up the shadow track, you gain a corruption because the void of the thing that's trying to destroy the world um, tries to corrupt you. Um, and it's 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 built into the game that if you kill a sapient creature, you gain shadow. So like just just you know murder takes you down the road toward the voids uh, corrupting you. I need to thank you for doing my work there, Tristan, because I was trying to think of a way to ask Craig about the rules that he was nominated for, and uh, <laughs> you you did that for me. So that the text. I am happy to ask that question because it is uh, something that I think is super duper cool about Good Strong Hands, uh, particularly given that it was nominated for Family Game. And I think that we as uh, a hobby industry often default towards um, solving problems and resolving disputes with violence because that's what we came up with through D&D or World of Darkness or whatever. Um, and to see it kind of baked into the core rules that no, talking it out counts towards successes to resolve what's going on just as much as swinging as, as your, your swing, your sword does. Like, I think that's super duper swell. I, I, I agree. I'm all about uh, taking a more surprising. And if that's a pacifist Avenue to solve things, cause it can get boring when you're just, you know, hacking things up for XP and it's, it's fun. To, it's good to see a game that deliberately takes a different path from that. So. Well, and it, it's reflective of the of the source material that I was inspired by. There's not a lot of um, people getting killed by swords in those movies. Like Willow probably leans that direction a little bit. Um, Legend, of course, there's like the big fight with the with darkness. Um, but you know, a lot of what happens in Neverending Story and Labyrinth, and, and it's it's more like dealing with riddles and trying to figure out what the problem is and working as a team like uh, Le legend is great for that like there's so many legend is an incredibly underrated movie in my my opinion um there's there's so much great kind of dungeon crawl type stuff that's built around these characters each doing the things that they're really good at 
Um, and very few of them have to do with swinging a sword. There's a lot of um, people doing stuff that's kind of trickstery. There's stuff that you know, people are solving things by figuring out ways to reflect light into places and climb areas and um, you know navigate the underground realm. And there's a lot of different things that are going on. Well, uh, you know, if you go back and read some of the old fairy tales, um, that you know, there's always there's always some action, but there's an awful lot of you know puzzles to be solved and problems to be overcome through creativity or trickery. So, uh, and speaking of uh, games that do things in a non-traditional way uh, or <laughs> interesting way, um, that's my awkward segue to talk about um, Shanty Hunters from Tristan, which I think is a cool game. Why don't you describe it uh, for our viewers, Tristan? So uh, Shanty Hunters is a tabletop role-playing game uh, about collecting magical sea shanties in the year 1880 uh, and then singing them around the table with your friends. Um, and then after you've collected a shanty, uh, the lyrics of the song come to life and cause problems for the PCs, for the crew of the ship you're you're sailing aboard and you have to deal with those problems you have to look at the lyrics try to anticipate what's going to happen before it happens and save the ship uh from this uh this wonderful song that you yourself just sang with your friends at the table uh i think it's a lot of fun um and uh yeah yeah that's that's the game in a nutshell um it's uh it's very uh, very much set in, in the year 1880. A lot of the book uh, is uh, purely optional details about seafaring and ports and wind and wave and weather and, of course, about shanties and, and all these, these historically documented uh, work songs um, for, for folks at home who may not uh, be uh, up on their shanties. Uh, probably the one you're most going to be most familiar with is a uh, drunken sailor. What shall we do with a drunken sailor? That one. Uh, and these are these are work songs. These are real historical work songs that sailors would sing in order to stay in time with one another uh, while they were hauling on ropes or doing other uh, doing other activities that that required everybody staying in time. Uh, so while yeah, were, that's that's while they were while they were hauling on the braces, as they say. Correct. <laughs> Um, and uh, I, I, as a podcast host, I am obligated um, legally to mention the uh, <laughs> the phenomena that was Wellerman that I still listen to at least weekly because my kid was introduced to that song in music class. So, uh, if if you're sick of that version, uh, Gordon Bach does a, a what I think is a much better version, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, that one uh, that that really blew up uh, a few months. I want to say eight months before I planned to go live with the Kickstarter. And I had to think like, oh God, like, do I strike while the iron is hot? Everybody's doing sea shanties on TikTok. Like, do I release it early? <laughs> and I had to tell myself, no, no, capitalizing on fads is a whole different marketing skill set. You barely have regular marketing skill set. Like, don't, don't go, don't jump into to hard mode right now. Uh, but boy, it was, it was, it was a tough decision. You are a wiser man than me, sir. I might have to try to try to catch that dragon but um yeah it's a fun game it's you can because i am a prepared and conscientious host i've worked up a tiny url tinyurl.com slash shanty hunter you can go catch him right now on uh, drive through rpg and uh it's a fun game you should check it out and uh, you are actually already a winner you uh, got a judge's spotlight award so uh congratulations i'm assuming they're going to mail you the uh 
oh, you're going to the ceremony. They'll, they'll probably give you the jumpsuit and the fancy hat and the uh, trophy when you're there in Indianapolis. Yeah, so they, uh, they, they've already told me, hey, if you show up to the ceremony, we'll give you your, your medal right there. Um, mm-hmm. for, for the folks at home, the, the way it works is, um, you know, we've already talked about how you have the nominations and then the voting, the popular voting, uh, and then winners announced at Gen Con. Uh, but there are five slots that are not voted on. Uh, the, each judge, each of the five judges, gets to select a single product uh, to spotlight, and they jump over the nomination and voting process. These five guys are just straight to uh, judges spotlight winner, uh, which is great because it means instead of grubbing for votes, uh, I can encourage people to go vote for Craig's good strong hands <laughs> for uh, best rules and best family game, um, which is way more fun. Uh, big, big, I strongly recommend it. Yeah, it's um, I. Have had several friends who've been nominated, and um, it's always well, it's work, right? Because if you want to win, you got to go out and say, "Hey, I'm out here. You should go vote for me." And here's why: it's um, it's a different kind of marketing, I guess. Guess what I spent a few hours on today? <laughs> uh, that that exact thing. Yep. Mm. Well, you deserve to win, sir. I, I I certainly hope it goes your way. But if not, I mean, like as we said before, being nominated is itself an honor. And uh, just yeah, remember, I'm, I'm super appreciative of it, and the team is the team is stoked, and um, we're gonna we're gonna try to get the votes and see what happens. Um, the upside to the Annies is they do give out a gold and a silver in each of the categories, so there's it's not just one product mm-hmm. that's uh, vying for the the prize out of five nominees, um, or with game uh, what is game of the game of the year is ten. Um, nominees because they 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 do the Oscars thing where they give best movie like you know to. A whole bunch like really make it nail bitey um but yeah you know so like you've got a chance to win the, the the gold or the silver so even if there's like one uh entrant in a given category that you look at and you think oh that one's going to be the one that wins because it's a, a big name game from a big company that's got a big loyal dedicated fan base there's still a chance for somebody else to um to pull the, the silver and to be honest there have been upsets in the past too there have been times when like the big name didn't get the gold so sometimes didn't get uh uh the gold or the silver it, it does happen now and again yeah there are surprises yeah. and uh, this year because because go ahead tristan oh just a lot of it is uh is is not just you know oh which sold more copies a lot of it is also who has the more energized fan base right um so you know i i, I brought a, another book here i got a couple of books by by me uh, Wonder Home uh, by Jay Dragon got nominated for Best Cover uh, and uh, Best Interior Art. So here's the beautiful cover. Uh, here's some beautiful interior art uh, in Wonder Home. I mean, it's just, it's really, really, really lovely book. Uh, and I really hope it wins um, for for at least one of the those two art categories. And, um, you know, Jay has, Jay, I'm sure, does not have the market that, uh, some of the the other folks in um, in best cover or best interior have, um, but what Jay does have is an enormously passionate fan base, um, and so you know even if other folks maybe have have sold more copies, I still think that Jay has a very real chance of of taking home the gold uh, on Wonder Home just because of of uh, that that really energized fan base. 
Yeah, and um, I think we should point out that this year, some of the names you expect to see on the uh, slate aren't there. I, I didn't see a whole bunch of entries from Fantasy Flight Games or Paizo or Wizards of the Coast this year. So I think maybe, you know, if you're a smaller publisher, this might be, a, you know, a breakout year for you. Paizo and Watsi have stopped uh, submitting themselves because really? the way it works is you have to you have to submit yourself right. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the NEs aren't just going to reach out and be like, "We're going to consider you." Um, and um, Watsi and 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 I'm pretty sure Paizo as well both said, "You know what? We are these giant companies. We don't need these awards. They're yeah, they're, they're 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 a little bit of a distraction for us." And let's just let's make some room for some other people. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, the the podcast Ken and Robin talk about stuff, uh, which won Gold Any for Best Podcast for pushing a decade. Right? Yes. Um, yes. Two years ago, said, you know what? We're just we're going to stop submitting ourselves. This is this is a little silly. This is a little embarrassing. You know, we're already one of the biggest podcasts out there. Like, we're we're punching down at this point. Um, so they have stopped submitting themselves. Yeah, there's a few there's a few people that that did that sort of thing because I, I remember going you know seeing the any nominations and um and talking to people at gen cons five plus years ago where it was like oh well the paizo just won their seventh any and wizards just won their eighth any and they were like okay yeah well you know out of uh, you know the, those those two companies win half the you know are, are are present in half the awards either for a gold or a silver it starts to get a little um disheartening to some of the smaller people, the smaller groups and smaller publishers out there. And on top of it, we're in this kind of golden age of all sorts of people doing interesting things and experimental stuff on itch.io. And there, there's smaller games that are they're getting recognition. It doesn't have to be a 300 page um, uh, super game that you spend three years developing. There's like all sorts of interesting smaller stuff that gets done. Um, and uh, I think, you know, a number of the, uh, the, 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 companies that were winning quite a bit or are very big they 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 backed off and i think too the judges kind of in the last few years have started to say okay you know maybe we 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 will we'll nominate a few spots for like this big bigger company or that bigger company but there's you know this this was this was a year of i mean I don't remember exactly all the uh, the nominations for the like last year or the year before, but like I remember, I know looking down this year's list, I was like, oh, there's a whole sorts of stuff here that I don't have any idea what this is because it was indie stuff that just wasn't on my radar, um, and it's gonna put eyes on a lot of um, smaller publishers, which is great. I think a great example of what uh, Craig was talking about is uh, I just did a quick search of the list. Uh, there's only one uh, nomination on here from Chaosium. Um, Chaosium, of course, publisher of Call of Cthulhu. There's, there's other Call of Cthulhu stuff on the list, but only one by Chaosium, by the parent company, uh, for best supplement, Cults of Cthulhu. Um, and I think that's that's just a really great example of, potentially, we don't really know what's going on behind the scene with the judges, but potentially the judges saying, you know what, we know who you are, Chaosium. You don't, like, you're, you're doing just fine. You know, here's one nomination so we can all acknowledge Chaosium is really cool. We all like Chaosium. Now let's make some room for somebody else. And maybe that's what's happening. Well, we, we can certainly hope. And I mean, it's, um, you, you talk to people on Twitter and you get a lot of, uh, I have a associate in the business who works at a large distribu- distribution company and he has a lot of clients who are smaller publishers. He interacts with them on Twitter. And some days he's like, Jesus, man, the elephant, the, uh, the fleas want the elephant to die. 
And I'm like, yeah, I, there's there's a lot of hate towards the big publishers. But on the other hand, I mean, there are so many people out there doing really interesting work. It's nice for the awards to show some attention their way, shine some spotlights on people doing interesting and innovative stuff in the field. So, um, but hey, appreciate you guys coming to talk to us. Uh, once again, folks, tinyurl.com slash NEs2000. I'm having a block on saying 2022. <laughs> I don't even know why, but tinyurl.com slash NEs2022. Go vote. Vote for Craig. Uh, check out some of the other entrants, you know, and uh, find some new stuff. Vote uh, and encourage your friends, your enemies. Tell your mom to vote. And um, we'll uh, just one short month away. When is uh, when is Gen Con? Uh, Mid August, late August. Three weeks. First week. Okay. So First week of August. August. Three weeks. Yeah, three weeks from right now. Um, it's uh, it's Friday at nine thirty. Three weeks from right now, I will be in the any ceremony. Oh, sweet. I be, hmm. Yeah, I will be in the room. It'll the the ceremony will be anywhere between I don't know fifty and seventy five percent over. Oh, okay. at, the, cool. at this time. Well, you got a time to, what's the food like at the Ennies? I've always been curious. Uh, they do like a mixer beforehand, but there's not like a, it's not like a dinner kind of thing. It's just a, they, they heard you all into a hall at eight o'clock on Friday. And from six to eight beforehand, there's like a hangout <laughs> where okay. you, can get a, you can get a drink and, and chit chat and network and whatnot. Um, I've got, I've already got plans. I got to try to figure out a way to get me and a couple of people quickly over to dinner <laughs> and then back over to the Ennies to the chance to kind of talk to some folks and then sit down and be there for the, for the ceremony. Oh yeah. I, I guess as, as when you guys go, you're not, ex you don't have the fan experience at the convention. You guys are working, networking and uh, making things happen, making plans for the coming year, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I'll be at the Indie Game Developer Network booth, booth number mm -hmm. 132, um, the entire time, with the exception of like when I take a lunch break here and there, I'll be, uh, uh, Nerdburger Games has a dedicated table in that booth. So, okay. um, uh, Good Strong Hands and the whole Capers line and the, you know, several other games will all be there. Um, I've got lots of copies because I really stocked up. <laughs> so, um, I'm looking forward to selling out some stuff, if at all possible. Uh -huh. Tristan, are you hanging out in that booth too sometimes? Uh, so my answer is a little more complicated. Uh, I am this year very intentionally going as a fan and a gamer, not as a publisher. So I'll, of course, be helping set up and tear down the booth because, by God, I have a pair of good, strong hands. Uh, uh -huh. but, uh, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm in my 30s. I'm going to help set up and tear down the booth. Um, but I'm only running one game of Shanty Hunters. Uh, I'm not going to be working in the booth at any point. I'll still swing by and, and you know, hang out now and again. But um, I, uh, in previous years, really tried to ramp up my, you know, publisher presence. Like, oh, I'm going to be running a lot of games. You know, I'm going to be volunteering a lot in the booth. And uh, to be blunt, uh, it wasn't as much fun as attending as a gamer. And uh, I am super duper small potatoes, uh, which means that it's not like I was getting very much, if any, money for all of my my hard labor. Uh, so now nah, if I'm going to be paying all this money to drive out to Indy and stay in a hotel room, I'm going to have a great time uh, instead of chasing dollars that uh, that, you know, Craig has an enormous back catalog of really cool games. Right. And I do not. So if I don't have a great giant back catalog to sell, I'm going to be partying and playing cool RPGs. Tristan, I am a little jealous. 
Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, what th this th this push, this thing that I'm doing this year was supposed to happen two years ago, and we all know how that went. Um, so yeah, like I've got multiple, I've got a, like a team coming with me. We're running over 20 events, um, and then I'm in the booth the whole time. So it's very much a publisher uh, convention for me this year. Well, just uh, give me that booth number one more time in case uh, listeners or viewers want to stop by and uh, say hi, check out your game. Uh, yeah, booth 132. Uh, it's right on, you know, aisle one, like it's right next to a door. You're, you're going to walk in and it's going to be boom right there. It's a 40 foot long booth with a big yellow sign. Can't miss it. All oh, the way sweet. on the left, all the yep. way on the left side of the hall. And heck, if you're going to be over an aisle one anyway, uh, that's also where the Ennies booth is. So you can walk over to the Ennies booth. They're going to have copies of all of the uh, the nominated uh, products at the Ennies booth. And you can leaf through them. And if any of those jump out at you, they're always happy to point you in the direction of the booth. Uh, that uh, that sells it, and so you know you'll open up a copy of Shanty Hunters and say, "Oh, what booth is this?" And they'll point you right to our booth number. Which what what number was that again, Craig? One three two. One three two. All right, all right. Well, hey guys, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, uh, all listeners and viewers. Thanks for checking out the Banff podcast. Uh, go to booth one three two when you're Gen Con. <laughs> say hi to Craig for sure. If you show up early during you know build up, maybe you can say hi to Tristan. And um, make sure you go to tinyurl.com slash innies2022 and vote. And we will catch you next time on the Banff Podcast. Good night, everybody. Bye. See ya.